0: Good morning, friends. It's me again, Naeem here. And if you're just joining us for the very first time, welcome to Mosaic. We've been in a series called I Feel because we've been feeling all the feelings. This is the year to feel all the feelings because there's definitely so many emotions connected to 2020. I don't know about you, but 2020 is out with a vengeance. I mean, uh, it's like a, I don't know, an ex- Uh, an ex that's really out for blood. I mean, like, it keeps on coming. Keeps on coming. And so there's so many emotions. There's so many, so many feelings. And we are in a series talking about that God tells us uh, and reminds us that in in Hebrews Hebrews 4, that uh, Jesus is a guy who, um, is a God who understands our weaknesses. I mean, he faced the same testings that we have done and we're facing, and he did not sin. And what that means is that God gives us permission to really feel all the feelings, but then he gives us the, uh, the courage to confront them, and the power to uh, process them. So we've been talking about feeling lost and feeling overwhelmed. Last week we talked about feeling grateful, and um, i got to tell you, a lot of people were really loving that conversation because in the middle of all of this, it is strange, but there's so many of us that just feel a sense of being grateful for all that we have. Well, this morning, though, what I want to do is I want to talk about fear. Fear. And when I talk about fear, I know you're thinking, yeah, there's definitely a lot of things to fear about. I mean um fear for poor. I mean and, and I don't even know, I mean there's so many things. I mean, have you noticed that it that, 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 that seems like uh, I don't know about you, but it feels like uh, I'm just waiting for the next thing to happen, like some crazy thing to happen, like like I mean, we had an earthquake in in North Carolina. if you didn't know this, we we had this, and I'm like an earthquake, I mean not that. Uh, we can't have earthquakes in North Carolina, but come on. I mean, what is going on? And have you also noticed there's so many fears, This and fear is all around us. And while we are struggling with fear, we also are like motivated by fear. I mean, marketers lose this all the time. Have you noticed that? I mean, this idea of, of FOMO, of fear of missing out is something they've capitalized in. And they're, they're, they tell us all the time, hey, you've got to buy this. You have to have the sale. This is the time to do it. This is what you have to do. You got to get this. You got to have that. And you want to do it. You're motivated by it. And people do it all the time, too. I mean, we do it all the time. We use fear all the time. Guess what? Uh, Politicians use it all the time. I mean, seriously, if I just keep looking at different people's ads, I'm going to be scared of everybody and everything. And I would think everything is a conspiracy. I mean, wow, man, there's so many things to be worried about and concerned about and fearful for. And even pastors. I mean, I tell you, pastors use fear all the time. And they justify it sometimes. You're like, I just want to scare them to not sin or scare them out of hell but fear is, is not really the best motivator, because it lies to you, doesn't it? But then what do you do with fear? And you've heard messages about fear. And we've been told, hey, 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 listen, listen, um, this is what you need to do. You just need to have more faith. And I get that. I understand that. And then there's this idea of, like, don't be fearful and live fearless, which sounds great and looks great on a t-shirt, possibly, I probably wouldn't wear it, but I don't even know if it's reality, because here's the problem. There's so many different kinds of fears. For example, there's a fear of missing out. We know that. But then there's a fear of being alone. I mean, what do you do with that? just, like, for some of us who are stuck at home, and we've been stuck because we are compromised when it comes to our health, and what do you do? You feel this fear of, like, being alone, and maybe alone for the rest of your life. A fear of not being accepted. I mean, man, come on, this is... Uh, this time that we're living in, it seems like uh, people's identity and who they are is really being questioned. I mean, it, it, it seems like, you know, your opinion about something or your belief about something really puts you in a category. I mean, this is the season, this is the climate that we're in. And of course, there are people uh, that feel like, you know what, if I have this opinion, I don't know if I'm going to be accepted where I work or my uh, my social group. And There's all kinds of fears, right? How about the, uh, um, the fear of being the same. You feel like, I'm just, I'm stuck. I mean, you were really good before COVID with your addictions and, uh, you know, really conquering them. And now you're like, man, they're back and they're back uh, stronger. And I feel like I'm just going to be the same person again. And I'm going to get stuck in it. I mean, those are real fears, aren't they? The fear of not being enough. Man, we feel that right now. Mom's feeling it right now. I'm just not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not... I'm not um, organized enough. I'm not. Str- I'm not uh, capable enough. I can't do this. And I mean, I mean, we used to feel this before, but now, uh, globally, humanity is feeling. Well, I'm just. I just don't have all that it takes. And there's a fear that seeps in, isn't isn't there? What about the fear of being forgotten? Like, I think I'm just going to be forgotten in the midst of all of this. Like in the midst of everybody else's issues, um, what about mine are just gone, and I just feel guilty even bringing them up. If there's a deep, rooted fear. There's deep, it's set, it's deep, it's, it's, it's profound. How about the fear of never being loved? I mean, you might be a single adult, and you're like, you know what, this is not helping at all. It seems like my season of l- singleness is being delayed and delayed, and I, I just, I just I felt like I was going to come out of this. I thought 2020 was going to be good. It was going to be all the promises. It was going to be all the fulfillment of all my dreams. And you had a plan. I, got a, I had a plan. And now there's a fear of like, oh, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm ever going to be loved. Like I want to be loved. I'm never going to be successful. There's a fear of that, not being successful. That's true, real and true. I mean, we, we struggle with that. I, I know that I do. Just like, hey, am I, am I going to ever make it? Because I feel like I've promised and I've made all these um, claims that I'm going to be this kind of person and I don't know if I'm going to make it. I mean, you feel this, I feel this. How about the fear of losing control? Like, you used to be a person who could be in control, like, kind of managed your emotions, manage your feelings, manage the day, manage the people around you, um, and now you're like, I can't even manage my behavior. I'm not quite sure. I don't even know if I can do this anymore. And there's a fear of that, isn't there? You know, and I, it's true. The fear of losing certainty in your life. Oh, my gosh. If you like certainty, this is these are uncertain times. I mean... Unprecedented. I mean, times they say, you know, I hate that word. I don't want to hear it again, please. Because there's going to be another thing that's going to happen. There's so many deep fears. What do we do with them, right? Like I said, do we talk about the T-shirts? Do we talk about living a life that's without fear? And I get it. You see, but I think there's a different way. We have been told like we have to fight against fear. We got to avoid it uh, in in a sense. We have to. We have to wrestle with it. We're going to conquer it. We've got we to gotta climb over our fear like our f- future is on the other side of our fear. And we've we got to wrestle it to the ground and knock it on, its, you know, on, its fl- on the floor and punch it in the face. I mean, there's all kinds of ideas uh, when it comes to fear. Like because the deal is, hey, we just got to go after it and, 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 and beat it to the ground. And then once we've done that, man, we've conquered. The problem is it doesn't go away. Like, have you noticed? Like, we have prayed against fear. How many of you have prayed against fear? For all kinds of things. Guess what? A cousin of fear shows up again. It's like fear follows us around. It's the roommate that will not leave. You know what I'm saying? It is like, it, it keeps on at it. So what do you think is the answer? Is it to, to um, push away and to fight against? Or, or is the answer actually to lean into our fears? I think, I think Jesus wants us to lean in to our fears. And I want to show you this. So what does this mean? What does this look like? Well, if you have your Bibles, uh, go with me, scroll with me uh, to a passage that uh, I think is so profound. It gives us an insight on what you do. Real, re- a real-world situation where Jesus had to face one of his biggest fears in his life. And I think he gives us the answer and he actually talks about leaning into our fears. What does this exactly mean? Leaning in means this, acknowledging and identifying your fears and then breathing and stepping into them. You're like, what are you talking about? I'm telling you, before we get to the story, I'm going to propose to you that Jesus actually invites us not to like push away, climb, wrestle fear. It actually, he actually invites us to invade it. it. It's like to possess it. It's to go through it. And you might go, what are you on, bro? What, what, babe, what are you drinking? Listen, I'm drinking the Jesus juice. Actually, I'm not. I'm not drinking the Jesus juice. I don't even know what that is. But I will tell you, when you read this story, once again, you might have read it before, you'll find out that it's not like... um pushing against fear, or fighting against fear, actually leaning into it to go through it. To go through it. So Mark chapter 14, verses 32 to 36. It's the story of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. You might have known the story. If you don't, this is the scene where Jesus is having a moment right before he knows that they're going to come and get him. They're going to torture him. They're going to crucify him, and then it's—I mean—and and then he's going to get resurrected. But he's about to enter into a a time of extreme suffering, physically, mentally. But man, it's going to be torture. Imagine if you knew you were going to sign up to get tortured. Could you imagine the anxiety? And you know what I love about the scriptures? Uh, I don't know if, you're, if you come from a different faith. I came from uh, a faith that basically said you have to, you have, to, you have, to have faith uh, to conquer fear and, and you have to prove yourself that, 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 that you believe in God and then if you believe in God, that God will reward you with good things. But the scriptures tell a very different story about fear. Uh, they tell a really different story about who God is. And also uh, the humanity of God. Uh, and it's it really it's pretty it's pretty profound. Uh, so let's just jump in. Let's jump in. All right, jump in. So it says here it says, then Jesus led his disciples to an orchard called the oil press. He told them, Sit here while I pray a while. He took Peter, Jacob, and John with him. An intense feeling, okay, an intense feeling of great. Horror plunged his soul into deep sorrow and agony. Now, this is the pl- Passion Translation. So you're like, okay, this is a lot of emotions. But it's, it's, a, it's a translation. But I think it captures really the heart of, of what was happening. It captures really the emotion behind all the stories of Jesus. Because sometimes you read stories of Jesus and you go, oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And you just kind of get to the point. Like, what am I supposed to do? What do I get out of it? Could we just stop? Could we just stop and realize, what is Jesus doing here? He is, he is acknowledging his fear, and he's identifying his fear. I mean, he moves on. He goes on, and what does it say here? He says, he, 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 then he said to them, my heart is, what, overwhelmed with anguish and crushed with grief. He tells them. He's like, I'm identifying this. Let me just tell you, I'm feeling this way. Why? Because I know what's about to happen. You don't even know. And guess what? Jesus has been talking about this moment of torture and crucifixion from day one. He said it before. He's going to lay his life down. He knows that it's going to happen. See, it doesn't matter if you already know it's going to happen. When it does happen or when it gets close to it, all kinds of emotions come out and all kinds of fear grabs your heart. Here, it says here that there was deep sorrow, a horror, anguish i mean he's feeling all the feelings and then he says this it feels as though this is jesus it feels as though i am what dying like imagine if you're if you're the one listening to the words of jesus you're you're peter right there you're you're jacob you're john okay imagine if you are peter and you're going what I, i'm i'm sorry you you feel like you're dying i don't think i've ever seen The Messiah act this way. I mean, have you ever ever seen someone so powerful just crumble before you? Like even physically, they get sick and then you see a loved one. And you're like, man, I remember pictures of this person. He was full of life. And now you see them just fade and crumble. And you're like, I can't see this person like this. When you see a powerful person in position and all of a sudden they say something, they feel something, and they act a certain way that's full of fear. You're like, wow, my, you're all of a sudden not this person up in the, the, in the you know, uh, on, a, on a pedestal. You're this, you're a real person. But this is Jesus and Peter and the other disciples. Then he, when, after he identifies this, he says it. What does he do? He says, he says, stay here and keep watch with me. Stay here and keep watch with me. Let me just let me just, just stop here. You have the God, the Son of God, saying, "Please don't leave me." You have you have God Himself saying, "I need you to be with me. I I just I I I need you to be by my side." This is. God saying this. Hey, could you just say, could you watch with me? Like, isn't it so relatable? Have you ever been through a time where you're like, I just, I, I feel all the feelings. I don't want you to say something. I don't want you to give me an answer. I just need you to sit with me. This is God saying, please don't leave me. And then he does this. He walks he walked a short distance away, he just kind of walks. And then being overwhelmed, overcome with grief, he threw himself face down on the ground and he prayed as if uh, and prayed that if it was possible, he would not have to experience this hour of suffering. He prayed, "Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Please don't allow me to drink this cup." of suffering. He's like, I, I, Father, I, I, could you, I, I am so scared right now. I, I'm so uh, uh, anxious right now. I, I'm so worried right now. I, just, I, I know this was the plan. I know this was the big idea. I know that I've worked all this time to this point, but I, I, could you figure out a better way? Could you figure out another way? Is there a plan B? Could you not make me face this biggest fear of my life? And then he says this, right? He says, but, but, but yet, yet, what I want is not important. In another translation, it says, not my will, not my will. And then he says, for I only desire to fulfill your plan for me. He says, I, I just want to do your will. But could you, could you stop here for me, with me? Could you realize that our God is allowing us to see this picture of himself? And when he takes them to this, you know, this orchard called the Olive Press, it is symbolic. It's a significant place. It's actually in the scriptures noted to be a place of a, it's a dark place. And it's all a place where you are crushed. You're a place of anguish. So all of this is speaking to us. What is God saying? God is showing us how to face our fears, not fight against it. God, you know, Jesus was not like, you know what, stop. You know what, you need to pray about this right now. Obviously, he was praying, but what do you think he was doing? You know what, no, no, no. Let's, let's sing that song again. Let's get right. Let's, no, you know what, I'm going to rebuke fear in, in, in my name. Yes, all the feelings I'm feeling, I'm going to rebuke them in my name. Like, how does that work? And then after you read this with all the heart and all the emotion and all the humanity, you realize the Peter, uh, uh, Peter, I mean, uh, I get Peter. Like, what I'm, what I'm talking about is I get why Peter denied Jesus. Like, so Peter goes through this moment, right, with him. He already told him before, he was not going to deny him. He goes through this moment, he sees God, his, his mentor, his teacher, his rabbi, the son of God. He sees him break down. I mean... I don't know about you, but then he, Jesus is taken to be tortured and then they tell him, hey, aren't you, they ask him if he's one of them. He's like overcome with fear and he goes, no, 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 I don't know him. I don't know him. Why? Because he saw Jesus freak out. I don't blame him. I mean, I, I mean, I don't blame him. Have you ever made a promise like, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be this person. I'm going to make this happen. I'm this kind of person. And then it actually happens. And you're like, actually, I'm not. I'm not this person. I'm not this person. I can't do it. I overpromise, underdelivered. I can't do this. Why? Because fear does that to us. And so what happens? You remember that story? Jesus, uh, you know, like Peter denies him and three times. And then if, if you remember, if you follow, follow along, Jesus, Jesus shows up and restores Peter. You remember that story? And you know what he didn't do? He didn't say, hey, 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 you didn't pray against, you didn't fight against fear. He actually showed them, he showed all of them, and especially Peter, it's actually love. Love allows you to actually have power to overcome the fear in your life. When you lean into your fears, and the reason why you do that is because you have this anchor of love in your life. It releases you to actually do the things you're called to do. See, Jesus actually invites us into a profound practice of actually leaning into our fears. And again, like I said, what does that mean? It means acknowledging, identifying, and then a breathing, and then stepping into them. And for some of you, you know your fears. You know what you have to step into. And you're trying to fight them. And you're trying to pray, pray, trying to pray against them. I'm not saying st- stop praying. For sure, pray. Lean into it. But you've got to... I have a moment where you got to go, okay, you know what? i got to express everything I'm feeling. For some of you, you got to say it out loud to someone maybe you know, maybe even to your kids, I don't know what I'm doing. I feel overwhelmed right now. I feel like I'm responsible for your education and I don't know what to say because I'm so scared that I'm going to fail as a teacher. I'm going to fail as a parent. It's okay to say that. I mean, I've confessed my shortcomings and my feelings to my, my kids and they're okay. They can handle it because people need to be able to handle their mentors, their parents, their rabbis, their God, being very open and honest because that's how we lean into our fears and go through them. Again, like I said, I, I feel like you need to possess your fears because guess what? Fear wants to possess you. So it wouldn't be better for, for you to possess fear. And you have to lean into it. So he expresses this. What do you have to acknowledge and identify right now? The fear you have as, as a mom. What do you have to do? With? As a single mom, man, it's so tough right now. I can't even imagine your life right now. What do you need to just say? I am so scared. I am so frightened. That means you have to le- you, you're leaning in. Not saying, I'm not going to say this. I'm not going to say this because I uh, know that's not faith. No, saying I am, ang- I-, I am overwhelmed. It's saying like Jesus said, I feel like I am dying. Gives us if it gives us the power to lean in, and when you lean into your fears, it dis- and, when you, and, when, and when you identify it and acknowledge it, it dismantles fear. It takes the power away from fear. It really does. All of a sudden, you're like, okay, I feel good. I, I just, I, I said it. I said it. All of a sudden, fear is like pointed out, hey, you in the crowd. And it's like, oh, I can't be sneaky anymore. Fear does that. But what if you were to lean in, like, Right? What if you were to acknowledge and identify and then then breathe into it? What does it look like for you, Dad? I mean, I know right now you're thinking, man, I can't keep it together. I'm trying to keep it together. And for some of you, I know. You know that you're annoyed a little bit more these days. You drink a little bit more these days. You get anxious a little bit more these days. You kind of want to be alone these days. You're fearing. You're still, you're nervous, you're scared. Not just because of all things going on, how you're handling it, because also you're scared of becoming this person, then you kind of feel like you're becoming. And for from from some of you, you're like, I don't want to become that. We have a fear of becoming people that are related to us, right? There's a fear of becoming my mom and becoming my dad and becoming my so-and-so, and we all have these fears. I get it. What would it look like for you to acknowledge it, identify it, and then breathe? and step in. Now breathing and stepping in means this. Breathing means control. You see, you br- when you breathe, it's, it's, it, that's why you, you're supposed to learn how to breathe. Because yeah, of course we intuitively breathe. But in times of extreme stress, you have to know that you have to breathe. That's why when you do something physical, they, they say breathe. Why? Because is it th- that is a practice of control. You control the situation, the situation that's above and beyond your control. What does that mean? You control your response. You go, okay, and that inhaling means you're going to stop, give a minute. And what a minute means, an hour, a day, a week. You're going to go, I'm going to assess. I'm going to take back control. I'm going to take back control of what I know. You assess everything. I'm taking it in. I'm taking it in. What, what's happening right now? What's happening to my business? What's happening to my kids? What's happening to my spouse? What's happening in my life? What's happening in my body? What's happening right now? What's happening? And then you release it. You go, okay, you step into it. And that's what you move into it. And it's scary at times. But when you move into it, you control the things you can, and then you release the things that you can cannot control and you step into them and that's when you have the hard conversation that's when you use your you know your phone and you text the person you've been avoiding and ghosting for a while you say yes to something you're so scared that you're not going to be able to perform you're not going to be able to accomplish that's what you when you when you we do these things we 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 step into them and we lean into them what does it look like for you mom what does it look like for you dad what does it look like for you single adult you're like, you're, you're in the middle of this and you're wondering, w- w- I don't know, I don't know. And you feel like, you know what? Anybody will do right now. It's, I'm just gonna, uh, whatever. You had high standards. You have no standards now. You know, you're like, you know what? I don't even know anymore. I just don't even know anymore. I mean, I get that. I understand. But don't allow fear to control you. And don't be a person motivated by fear. Don't be that person. No. Don't, never use fear as a filter. But you can use fear. You Use God's love as a filter. You can use God's presence as a filter, and you can have this. Uh, you can have a moment where you go, you know what? I'm going to acknowledge. I'm going to identify. I'm going to. I'm going to breathe, and I'm going to step into it. I'm going to step into it. So wh- what? What? Well, how did? How did Jesus do this? I mean, I know he leaned into this, right? He leaned into it. Obviously, he did what he would, He didn't want to do. He did it. He did it for us. For you. I mean, you can say, yeah, yeah. He was God. But can you look, go back to the story in Mark, guys? Friends, you read in all the other Gospels as well. There is so much emotion. There's so much humanity in this. The reality is, is that God understands this. He understands this. So how, this is how He does it. But, but, I, I can't end there. There is, there is a why He does it too. Because in the, while you are leaning into it and how you lean into your fears Th- those are extremely helpful, and you need to do those. But you've got to know, you gotta know why you're doing it. The why is always imp- more important than the how. It's always more important. Uh, in fact, Hebrews 12, Hebrews 12, uh, 1 and 2, uh, talks about Jesus. Now, obviously, after he's done all this, he talks about what Jesus did, and uh, kind of talks and gives him credit and talks about him. Let me read this to you. Now, you may have heard this passage, but when you connect Hebrews 12 and actually in, in Mark 14, you go, wow, after he faced his fear, after he leaned into his fear, look, look what really happened at the end of this. Uh, look what people are going to say. Look the consequences to his actions. So glad that he did this. So Hebrews 12 says this, Therefore, since we are s- surrounded by such a great cra- cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perse- perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and the perfecter of f- our faith now what he's what he's saying here is hey this is how you need to you need to know this is like in the midst of all the things you're trying to accomplish, in the midst of all the pain, in the midst of all the struggle, you need to know you have a cloud of witnesses, and by the way, you have Jesus Himself watching, and He's cheering you on, and He's wanting you to look at what He has done, the example that He has set, that He's leaned into His fears. He accomplished this, and what do you he do? He's He's saying He's saying, fix your eyes on Jesus, the Pioneer, the Perfector. In some translations, it says the Author of our faith. He's saying use Jesus as an example, and then what's the example? What What did He do? He says use Him because the 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 the, the the race marked out, the, the, the thing that he accomplished. The, use this as an example. What did he do? It says, how this, is why, this is why. He says, for, for, next verse, he says, for the joy, say it with me, joy, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame and sat down at the right hand in uh, and, and the right hand in the throne of God. He's saying, because of the joy he set before him, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And so there was a moment in the midst of the Garden of Gethsemane that Jesus was like, here's why I know that my will is not important as much as yours. Here's why I know that I gotta go through this fear. Here's what I know that I gotta go through this suffering. I gotta go through this pain. Here's what I know that I gotta possess this. I gotta move through this. I gotta lean into this fear. Here's what I know because there's a joy that is set before me. I know a why. I have a great why. And Jesus' great why was that he saw this joy. What was the joy? He saw humanity. He saw humanity. He had a beautiful picture of humanity that he was willing for him to suffer and die for. He saw a picture of us united in him and with God. He saw us. You remember Jesus' prayers before he got into this? One of his last prayers, if you read them, his prayers are what? He's like, I just pray that we would be one and that they would be one just like us. See, it's all part of a plan. He he has a why. He's like, I've been praying for this. Now I'm tested and I'm going to do this and I did this. Why? Because he saw something that was bigger. He said a joy bigger than his fear. Do you know what? Dematic behavior is. Dematic behavior is when um, when species or and even animals when they are startled and they're afraid they kind of bold up. Right? Have you ever seen a cat just freak out? And you but it looks like it's the most threatening because it kind of puffs up. Animals do it. Species do it. All people do it. We do it. We puff up because fear wants you to make yourself bigger. But see, in fact, you got to make something else bigger in your life, to actually lean into it and conquer fear. you got to make something bigger than uh, what you're feeling inside. For the joy set before him, he saw something, because sometimes, friends, we need, a, we need something bigger than what's inside of us to conquer what's inside of us. We need to see a bigger, bigger picture. we got to look at the, uh, the, uh, beautiful relationships. We got to look at what the, the 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 beauty of what God's love for us. We got to have something bigger, and see, the reason why He was able to go through this is because He had something bigger. He had us in mind. He had God's love for humanity in mind. He wanted to make sure that that we had access to His love. And I don't know about you, but that is a huge joy. Joy. It's bigger than. All the other things, you gotta have something bigger. Several years ago, I I uh, spoke at uh, TED TEDx Charlotte, and, um, and because of that, we've been able to partner with them, and I am one of the speaker coaches. For them. And in fact, we're Zoom coaching for TEDx Charlotte even now. They're actually using, uh, and they're going to be for their final rehearsals, they're going to be using the Metro Campus. And so we've been partnering with them with co- for a couple of years now. And it's really great to speak and just be uh, part of shaping the conversation that TED uh, speakers are want- on the ideas that they're trying to convey to our people. And, but my talk back in the day was this idea that uh, I proposed that beauty is a solution to fear. And my whole premise was that, that it's not faith uh, that, is the, uh, that is the solution to fear because faith is always the, the, the opposite of it, but the, the, the beauty is the solution to fear. And I got to tell you, this was my passage. The passage in Hebrews was my, um, was my motivation. I mean, it was the reason uh, why I did this talk. I mean, I thought about a talk, and I thought, you know, what can I convey? What's a big idea that's worth sharing? And I thought, man, this thought of, for the joy set before Him, Jesus endured the cross. That we have to set something bigger in front of us to face all the fears in our lives. And so I propose the beauty. It's the beautiful dreams we have. It's the beautiful relationships we have. It's the beautiful things we have in our lives that are bigger. It's the love of all of those things that He... enables us to actually conquer the things. See, for right now, friends, you've got all kinds of beautiful things, Uh, by the way, bigger things in your life that you need to fight against, in a sense, all the other thoughts you're having and lean into your fears and, and, and actually possess them. Do you know the word beauty actually implies to make something bigger? You see, fear wants to make you bigger, but beauty says you make other things bigger. I mean, there's a beautiful kind of love that God loves us with. Do you know that? See, I think part of the problem is we forget how much God loves us. We forget the potency of God's love. We forget the grandness of His love. And I'll tell you what my why is. Why, what, why do I have the power to kind of just keep on going? And friends, I have my own fears. I have my own fears for my family, for our church, um, for this world, for our nation for what we are becoming as a people as a, and uh, as, as even followers of Jesus, I, I have all kinds of fears. But I know, at the end of the day, I know that God's love for me is bigger than all that. And I kind of I lean into that a whole lot, a whole lot. Can I remind you of that love? And can I just tell you? I've told you how to lean into your fears, but the why you lean into your fears has got to be God's love for you. God's love for you. First John says this, there is no love, there's no, sorry, there is no fear, there is no fear in love, but what? Perfect love drives out fear. This perfect love is, the scriptures talk about it, it's an unfailing love, it's a love that God has loved you everlastingly, that there is no God abandons you, God forsakes you, no, he never leaves you. He doesn't, he's not waiting for you to mess up. You know that love. I know it might seem like this is kind of like, ah, really, is that it? But here's why some of you have been so um, crippled with fear. You don't think that God is for for you and for your welfare. You don't believe it. You really think God is going to let you go. You really think that God is going to let crap happen. And he's just going to sit there. And he's not going to do anything to help you. I love the Psalms. Um, My favorite Psalm, you might have heard it if you're part of Mosaic and you've been uh, with us for years now, Psalms 27. I love it. It's It's my thing. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid of? I mean, that's like the anthem of my life because I have all kinds of fears in my life and I've struggled through them. You know some of those. Um... I love the Psalms because it reminds us about the beauty of the scriptures and the humanity of uh, of God. And it also reminds us that we have language to to know that that we are these earthly vessels, but we contain this divine presence in us. And so to be fully human um, and to lean into that is actually truly divine. And that's why the Psalms are so powerful. They're not like, hey, and do this, and do this, and they're five steps. No, it's like all of the feelings uh, out there. It's like the Psalmists are like, I'm leaning into my pain, I'm leaning into my fear, and I'm leaning into God's love. Because when you do that, you realize, you realize what you're standing on is God's love. Psalms 103 says this. I'm going to read you this. Again, it's a passion translation. I'm going to read you parts of it. And I want you to be overpowered by God's love right now. I want God's love to possess you because it's the only thing that'll drive out the fear in your life. It says here, it says, with my whole heart, with my whole life, and with my inmost being, I bow in wonder and love before you. Oh, holy God. Yahweh, you you are my soul's celebration. And how, uh, how could I ever forget the miracles of kindness you've done for me. Verse 3 says, You're, you've kissed my heart with forgiveness. I mean, that's, that's, that's dope right there. I mean, come on. Wow. In spite of all I have done, you've kissed my heart with forgiveness. You've healed me inside and out from every disease. You've rescued me from hell and saved my life. You've crowned me with love and mercy. You're a God who makes things right, giving justice uh, to the defenseless. Lord, you're so kind and tenderhearted to those who don't deserve it and so patient with people who fail you. Your love is like a like a flooding river overflowing its banks with kindness. You don't look at us only to find faults just so you can hold a grudge against us. He's saying you're not one of those gods. He's saying, Lord, you're this this kind of God. Your your love, your endless love stretches from eternity, from one eternity to the other unbroken, and unrelenting. Man, do you know that kind of love? Do you know? I don't know about you, but that kind of love is why I lean into my fears. I go into it. I lean into it because I know who has me, because it's the biggest thing in my life. Maybe one of your biggest fears is coming to God. You're like, I know a name, but I just don't even know. Because you've never acknowledged and identified your fear against God. The fear of not becoming, being good enough. And I get that. I totally understand that. We struggle with that as people who are spiritual people trying to move closer to God. You're like, I don't even know I can be this person. And I think part of it is language. Part, you know, that's why I think like, we should just stop saying that we're Christians. Have you thought about it? I mean, I come from a different faith, so I'm looking at it from the outside, you know. But like the idea of like be calling yourself a Christian, like I'm a Christian, because you know the, the, the word Christian means like Christ-like, like little Christ. Could you imagine saying, "Oh yeah, I'm Christ-like"? Hey, I'm I'm Christ-like. I mean, I'm not, these days, you know what I'm telling me when people tell me I'm Christian, I'm like, "Oh wow, you're there," because I'm not. I'm still working on it, bro. I'm still working on it. Could you imagine if we just stopped those labels and said, hey, yeah, we're all working. We're all supposed to be working on it. Not there yet. Let, let other people call you Christ-like. Don't, don't give yourself that title. Um, does not that free you from not having the faith or the right things to really do all the things you're supposed to do? I hope it does. I hope it pushes the fear of not being good enough, not being strong enough, pushes the way of failure and did you lean into God's love for you? Let me read you la- one last passage. So profound, guys. I, that's why I love the scriptures here. First John says this. Uh, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 20. It says, Whenever, and this is for someone, whenever your heart, our hearts, our hearts make us feel guilty and remind us of our failures, we know That God is much greater and more merciful than our own conscience. And He knows everything there is to know about us. You see, God loves us fully, completely. He's for you. And you can believe that. And that should empower you to lean into your fears. So let's do that today. Let me pray for us. Lord God, I thank you uh, so much for this conversation. God, I do pray. I pray, God, that is, some of us are crippled by fear. Some of us are thinking, God, I'm just so scared right now. I'm afraid of for my kids. I'm afraid that they're going to lose um, a year of their education. And I fear like they're going to be all alone. I fear that some of uh, the behaviors even that... I'm seeing in my life and my kids' life and my family God I'm just so scared I'm I'm scared for this country I'm scared God for what's happening right now I, I I'm just so overwhelmed with the fact that it seems like no one cares anymore or they just care about themselves I I'm so nervous about the fact that I'm just gonna be all alone in this and everybody's just kind of watching out for themselves and so consumed. With themselves and I don't want to feel needy or greedy I just I just need you to be here God I thank you for that I thank you God that you are there I thank you for those people God who are just suffering right now with with issues like God that we have no idea God diseases right now they're going through pain physical pain they're going through physical things God that we just have no idea of God I pray for those I pray, God, again, that they would not try to wrestle these things, God, but lean into them with your love. I pray, God, for your power, for your power. God, I thank you like you did with Peter. You reminded him once again that it was his love, his love for him and Peter's love for God that allowed him to be this courageous leader that he was after the fact that God's love for us is the answer. It drives out all our fears. So God, I pray for our people. I pray for our church, that we would not be a church of people who be possessed by fear. No, no, God, no. We would lean into it. We would lean into it. Because we know you. We know you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Friends, we're going to respond in one more song. But if you have never prayed a prayer, like, to say, God, I just want to surrender myself to you. Maybe you've been afraid to do that. Why don't you take this song and just say it? Just acknowledge, God, I'm afraid. I don't know. I don't know what it means. And just, could you just say, God, I give you my life. I give you everything I am. Man, it, it, it will radically change the course of your life. I know this for a fact. Let's respond together.